Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. You know, each week we want to be able to share with you some insight strategies that can apply to the general population, but especially those of you who want to do better, be better, and have a better life. I mean, when we think about the secrets of success, it could apply in any kind of context. And so today I want to do a solo show where I share with you some information that I published many years ago, but also learned from other experts in the industry around how we think about this topic of money. And so my question for you today is, do you have enough money? And then we're going to separate it into three separate parts in this one podcast about mindset, pardon me, principles and strategies and the influence that it has as far as our, this word that's out there in the marketplace, financial independence. So financial independence, so I'm going to start there and then work backwards from that. Financial independence means where you have income or revenue that's coming in without your participation that's equal to or greater than your monthly obligations. And so who gets to decide what your monthly obligations are? You do. Now, there are some restrictions to that. Obviously, we all have to eat. We want to have a roof over our heads. We need to have transportation of some sort, and maybe not if you're in an urban uh, setting and you don't need a car. But the question is, is what is the financial point where you can be free? And so what we mean by financial independence is do I have sources of revenue that if I was to be ill tomorrow or if something was to happen to me, is that I am not going to be in a situation where I can't pay my bills within uh, a couple of months. The research shows that even in the developed world, the majority of individuals are one to six paychecks away from bankruptcy. And so really, that's not okay. And the reason that we're there, I'm not sure for all of you, but let's just go through some of the stats. So first of all, let's go back to the beginning and say, okay, how do you think about wealth and money? You know, in many circles, money is seen as something that's evil. And of course, we've had these Ponzi schemes. We've had how Wall Street and derivatives and how, uh, you know, the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, where really there is all these greedy people around wealth and money. And so money really is independent. Money in itself is not negative or positive. Our connection to it is what gives it a positive or a negative. Our person's interaction with it is what gives it a positive or a negative. So first of all, money in, in itself is not evil. The reality is and that we see this all around the world. I just want to challenge us about this to say, okay, can you now, let me just say you don't want to or don't operate your life with money. So tomorrow there's no money available for you whatsoever. What is that going to do to you? 
I mean, here's the reality. All of us need some level of money. So first of all, we need to accept the fact that money is not evil. It is something that is important to be able to fulfill our dreams. Money in itself is not important. Money, what money does is important. So if you need braces for your kids and you don't have enough resources for it, or if the car breaks down and you don't have the dollars to be able to replace that engine or fix those brakes, all of a sudden it becomes very, very important. And a lot of times people say, well, rich people are always thinking about money. Well, if you look at Hollywood or if you look at movies, a lot of the movies depict that we have these greedy individuals that the rich are greedy. The reality is, is that's not true. There are many who are rich that are greedy, but there are many who are poor who are also greedy. And my statement that I made here is that there are individuals who are poor who are greedy, but they don't have enough money to prove it. So greediness is a mindset. And so it's more about, I am, am I there for the money? Or many, many wealthy individuals that I've met, and I mean extremely wealthy, I have found their heart of giving, their generosity to be significant. Most of these individuals give to causes that are important to them that you would never even know that they gave the money to them. In fact, just this week, just prior to this podcast, one of the billionaires within Vancouver where I live, Jimmy Pattison, is he just gifted $75 million to a hospital research project. Now, that became public because of the public building that he is giving to. So everybody says, well, he is greedy. Well, well, hang on. He just gave $75 million to a hospital project. And there are many others, such as Bill Gates or um, uh, others, who really gift a lot of their dollars. In fact, Bill Gates, he really is not interested in Microsoft anymore. His, most of his work is philanthropic now, where he loves to give. So the reality is, is that money doesn't make me happy, doesn't make me unhappy. It is a tool to be able to fulfill some of the dreams that we have, but also to meet the needs that we have. So we want to be, if I think money is evil, then why would you be surprised that you don't attract it, that you don't have it in your life? I'm going to ask you some questions here in a little bit that you can rate yourself as far as your mindset on money. So the rich really are not greedy uh, or the poor are not greedy. The reality is an individual is greedy and it doesn't matter what level of wealth or what well, uh, level of financial condition that they're in is that I have met greedy Poor people, and I've met greedy rich people, but neither is what defines greediness. So first of all, you want to let that go. It says, oh, I want to be concerned. If I got a lot of money, then I'd get greedy. Well, no. If you are greedy without money, then you will be greedy with money. If you're not greedy without, then you hopefully will be not greedy when you do have some. The other one is this idea that money would hinder happiness. Now, there are some individuals that we've met that they have used wealth as one of their core definers of meaning for them. Well, obviously, that's empty, but that doesn't matter is that think about consumerism. There is a lot of individuals out there right now where they're trying to get their fix in life. They're trying to get their meaning in life by being shopaholics. 
You know, there, there's double the shopping malls now that we had 50 years ago. Well, why is that? So people are out there shopping, trying to have their meaning met by getting another set of clothes. So a lot of individuals who are not, quote, unquote, overly wealthy are still going out there getting the latest fashion. You know, the, the last stat was the number one polluter in the world is fashion because fashion comes and goes within weeks and months, not years. And so now I have to get the latest fashion. So one of the number one pollutants in the world are old flat fashions that we're now giving away. And so when we think about uh, this consumerism, that is greediness, or that is an area where I've, I need to get more and you need money to be able to do it. So money does not hinder happiness or create happiness. It is simply a tool. So here's a couple of questions for you, and if you're driving, you can think about it, or you can replay this podcast. And I just want to ask you these questions. These are 15 belief systems or mindsets around how do you think about money. So you can rate yourself from 1 to 10, uh, 1 not at all, 10 completely responding to this. So first number question, getting wealthy takes too much work and struggle. Do you believe that? Not at all, or 10 completely. Number two, money is not really important to me. Yes or no, is that 10? Yes, it's not important to me. One, it is. To be wealthy means to take advantage of others. Do you believe that? 10, you would give it. Yes, I have to take advantage of others to be wealthy. That would be 10. One would be not. I'm not very good in the area of finances and money. So I'm, you know, so because I'm not good at it, I'm just going to avoid it. So are you going to give yourself one or 10? Most rich people are greedy and dishonest. Do you believe that to be true? They give it a 10, if not one. If I'm successful, it means less for others. Do you believe that? I wish I didn't have to deal with money. Is that true for you? Number eight, I hate selling, promoting, or influencing others. Is that true? Money causes a lot of problems. Is that true for you, that you give that a 10 or a 1, so whatever your gradient value? Number 10, I don't like taking risks. Is that true for you? Success, so number 11, success is mostly a matter of luck. So some people just happen to be at the right place at the right time, and for me, that just never works out. Number 12, money is the root of evil. So we have talked about that before. Number 13, it is not realistic for, for me to be wealthy. Number 14, you can't get rich doing what you love. And number 15, you can't make a positive difference and strive to be wealthy at the same time. So you can go and you can rank yourself as far as your scores there. The higher your score, the less, the more money averse that you are. So the lower the score, the better. So when you can go back and you can play the questions over here on the podcast, ask yourself the, the 15 questions that I went through, but it really starts to anchor is that unless I have the correct mindset, unless I believe in these principles, that really if I'm influencing people, if I believe in what I'm doing, you know, I'm in, in these podcasts is that at the end of them, I always mention our assessments and our tools and what we possibly can do for you is the reason that I do that is that I 100% uh, 
believe that our tools and resources transform people's lives. And after being around the tools for nearly 30 years and seeing what it's done with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, then I don't feel embarrassed. I feel honored to be able to share that with people. And you can choose to engage it or not. So do you have that same belief system on what you offer and what you do? Even promoting yourself in a job interview is selling. And I've done a whole uh, podcast on not being embarrassed about selling, not thinking about selling as a negative thing, and being honest in being and doing it in integrity. The other one is, is money is not the root of all evil. It's really actually from a biblical point of view, it says the love of money. So there was a, a saying that one individual says, uh, mentioned in a, his, his seminar, which I, I embrace here, it's not money, it's the love of money. And so as long as you have money and money doesn't have you, then you're going to be in integrity. And so that's where it's, what do you mean? As long as money doesn't have you. If money is, is really connected to you and that everything that you're doing is around money rather than what it does for you, then yes, obviously you have a connection to it where it really can cause, you've, you now have a love of money and that can get you into trouble. Number two, when we think about, so that's mindset. So now let's just shift over into some principles. If we're going to think about money, and money has principles just like everything else, just like leadership, just like wellness, just like communications, just like relationships, is when we think about money, and now in North America, now this podcast goes all around the world, but it's happening in the developed world. We have seen this in countries is that the, I'm going to talk about four principles. First of all, live within your means. You know, what has happened all around the world with governments? Is everybody said, you know what, I have an open bank account. We can spend whatever we want. So we have Greece that's going bankrupt. We have Spain that's going bankrupt. We have Italy that's going bankrupt. We have all these countries globally who are suffering financially because they have not lived within your mean. So this whole idea of uh, being able to defer your needs, I mean, one of my uh, speaker friends says, you know, what really created a demise for us fiscally is that we created credit cards. We can get something in the future. So I use a credit card to buy something now that I need to have to pay with a future revenue if I can't pay it off right away. Now, we use credit cards in the office, but it's always paid off every single month. We don't buy something that's not within our means. So the ability to be disciplined, because all the advertisers, this goes back to consumerism, want you to buy what they have right now. That's what's driving uh, retail in the developed world. So can you have the discipline? Do you know what it is to be able to live within your means and not overspend to get into all this credit card debt that everybody has in the developed countries? So what is that for you? Can you start structuring, putting a budget together, putting a limit together of what you can spend? And a lot of times, so I'm just going to treat myself. So we're going to go to Starbucks and we're going to have a latte. Not that I'm against it, but if you go every single day and it's $5 and it's $5 times 365 or 300 or whatever, all of a sudden you have $1,500 to $2,000 right there every year that you are spending on that item. 
not that it's bad, but is it within your means? Well, it's only five bucks. Well, it's five bucks times 300, or five bucks times 365, or five bucks times 200, which is $1,000. But then you add up all these different items around you, and all of a sudden you're way over the top as far as you are being outside your budget. Number two with is, you know, there are all kinds of books that are very good that talk about how do I uh, manage myself and manage my money. Is the, the next one is, can you pay yourself first? Now, do you know what we mean by that? That is, is that can you actually uh, put something in savings or have a forced savings account, a forced retirement fund if your work allows that, or a forced, you know, in Canada we call RRSP, IRAs in, in the U.S., self-directed, whatever it is, is that can I actually put something aside for myself first? Now, uh, Part of my belief system is that I donate, ten, or, or some people call tithing, I donate 10% of my uh, revenue to other individuals. So giving it away and being able to uh, invest in others is something that is part of my sort of financial plan. So can you save for yourself first? Then can you give, whatever that giving is for you, and then can you set aside a budget that's where you can treat yourself? So it's, maybe it's a small amount of 5% where you're going to go to movies, you're going to do dinners, but you know what that amount is. So you're not going to go out. All of a sudden, dinner is supposed to be 25 or 30 or $40, and now it's 150 And so we get out of control as part of that process. And when that's all set and done, do we have a budget for it? So that brand new uh, TV that you're looking at, maybe the old one needs to be uh, the one that you stay with until you have the resources for it. I've really moved towards a position. If I can't pay cash for the item that I'm looking for, then I don't get it. And so that is a discipline. I'm not saying it's easy, but if we really want to have financial independence, then we need to be in charge of our strategies and the principles that we set for ourselves. So, you know, are you paying yourself first? If you're going to be tithing or giving away uh, to others and be able to uh, support that, uh, what about as far as being within your means is set up a structure so that your expenses, that you can live within 70% of what you make. And somebody said, well, I can't even live on 100%. Well, then, then how do you restructure your expense uh, process so that it works for you. And so we said, well, I can't do that in this area. Well, then, of course, you will be destined to be destitute for the rest of your life. So that's not that we're trying to be judgmental. It's just that this is an important part if I want to be financially free. Now, I want to, and I wish I would have inserted this at the beginning of the show, but this is the most important part of this whole part. Financial independence has nothing to do with money. Financial independence has to do with emotional and mental freedom. I want to ask you a question. What would it mean if tomorrow you never had to worry about, you never had to think about money again in terms of your needs? It's transformational, right? So I just want you to imagine that right now and start thinking about if I was in a position where if something was to happen to you tomorrow, 
yet your needs would be covered, would be taken care of for the rest of your life or the needs of your kids or yourself in braces, in car repairs or house repairs or getting that house were there for you for the rest of your life, what would that be? What would that mean? And here's the reality is very, very few people will be financially free when they retire because they haven't taken care of that. They have uh, really gotten in a situation where they have spent beyond their means or other things that have occurred or they haven't really disciplined themselves as far as understanding the principles to be successful. So my final part of section for this podcast, you know, when we think about uh, money, what, well, so Ken, what do we do? What is the, where do we go from here? First of all, there are, there are four primary sources of dollars that you can raise. And I just want to defer to Robert Kiyosaki and his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the, even though Robert can be edgy and he can be direct, he really does have good information about understanding financial independence and the sources, the four primary sources of revenue or income that we can have. One of them is being an employee and you work for somebody else and you have a paycheck. Number two is self-employed. So most professionals fit into that. So if I'm a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, I really, I'm still an employee, but I'm self-employed. I don't really have a business because I go to work and I pay myself through my business, but I'm self-employed and it requires me to show up for that revenue to occur. Number three is a business and his definition of a business is something that is independent of my presence. So if I leave the company and come back a year later, it's worth equal to or more than when I left it. So it can operate without me or at least it has very minimal interactions on my part to be able to maintain it. And then the last one is investments. And that is where money is working for you. I don't profess to be an expert in this. I just encourage you that you would find out more about it and be paying attention to it. And a lot of times, as Robert Kiyosaki talks about it, we get lazy. We don't want to become expert in this area or knowledgeable or aware. And then we get taken advantage of by different uh, schemes or opportunities or investment things that are going on that really didn't serve us as well. So investments is, well, I buy uh, real estate and then the real estate is earning income or I buy paper uh, products or other things I might even invest in a business. And so that is something that is providing some kind of profit share uh, to me. And then when, when you think about sort of the final parts of what we call some strategies, and going forward with your uh, money is for us to, be, to, to drive, to build, and to do all these disciplined items. First of all, why would you, you need your why. Why would you want to be financially free? What, is, what are the reasons that you would want to have the wealth level that you sort of have in your mind? Maybe it's to be able to put your kids through private school. Maybe it's to be able to, to take some holidays. Maybe it is so that you secure the financial future for your family um, or yourself just in case something was to happen to you. You know, the other one is so uh, is when you think about going forward is do you know that, uh, and, you know, the research is out there, and so I won't be able to quote it for you this very moment, but do you know that your net worth, will be equal to or less than your five closest friends. 
Now, I'm not saying that you should ditch friends because they don't have money. That's what I'm saying. But the reality is, if you're around individuals who do not understand financial independence, who uh, really are money-averse, guess what? You're going to be like that individual. So individuals who have taken responsibility, who have, have the ability to accumulate wealth, is that your net worth will be equal to or less than your five closest friends. Isn't that interesting? Is that we come like that. So maybe you want to find a mentor. Maybe you want to uh, look in a different direction. If you want your sort of financial condition to improve, it might require uh, this being more selective of who your closest friends are. And this is really not to be judgmental towards other individuals, but maybe you're just moving in a different space. The other one, uh, the next item to think about is a lot of times we spend money on liabilities, but not on assets. And so, you know, rich dad, poor dad, Kiyosaki really talked about our house, our primary house is not an asset, even though all banks or financial institutions will put it on your net worth statement as an asset. Well, the reason it's not an asset is because it costs you money to stay there. There's taxes, there's insurance, there's maintenance. And so it drains your cash flow to keep it. Now, if I had that house and I rented it out for uh, a dollar value that's more than what it cost me, then it becomes an asset. The other thing is a lot of times we like new cars. We like uh, new electronic items. A car is not an asset because it depreciates. It goes down in value over time, there, unless it's a rare collector car, and maybe then that might be an asset where you've collected something and you know over time that it will increase in value. So I'm not here to explain all of these items to you, but pay attention to it and say, okay, listen, am I investing in assets, things that will grow or Am I investing in liabilities? One of my colleagues is very, very successful, and I'll mention her name now. is July Ono, who has invested a lot in real estate. And she said to us in a coffee one time, says, you know what? When I graduated, my dad was willing to buy me a new car. And I wish, instead of getting that new car, we took the money that he gave me for the car down payment and invested into a condo or an apartment or something like that. And now that would be worth double, triple versus basically the car worth nothing now many years later. So again, our mindsets of, well, maybe I could have an older car, but I could take this money and I could put this into this asset and that asset will develop um, some uh, dollars or accumulation of wealth for me over time. The other one is, is you know what? is hiring great advisors, is people who are uh, very well off, they have great accountants. They have lawyers that put documentation together around businesses to make sure that partners work well. You know, not all financial advisors are, this, are, are equal. There are some who are very capable, who are really neutral territory that give you good advice, and other ones that are biased that really are selling their own funds and they wouldn't necessarily sell, uh, mention to you other resources that are better than the ones that they offer. So just be aware of that. Make sure that you do have good advisors. You know, recently we reconfigured all our companies and uh, my accountant has been very, very good and very important advisor 
in putting together a structure that helps to manage and contain wealth where, you know what, all governments love their taxes. And so you want to legitimately look at what are all the strategies to be able to take care of that over time. You know, the other one is, is that wealth and money and financial independence takes some effort. So uh, our recommendation is can you uh, be a student of what's working, what's out there, pay attention to it. So, well, I don't really like money. Remember, one of the questions around mindset is, I don't like money, I don't want to be around it, I just, you know, it's just a necessary evil, pardon the pun. And so the reality is, is that if we're going to be financially independent, then we need to be a student of financial independence. How does it work? What are the things that are out there? If we are naive, then we don't even know what we don't know. So my encouragement is, in spite of some of you maybe not having a natural interest, that you would do it for your reason, for your why, to be able to take care of and accumulate and put in place a financial independence plan. You know, when we think about success, success is always about being connected to great mentors. So even though we talked about your net worth being equivalent to your five closest friends, outside of that, can you select, can you work with where you create equal value, somebody who is willing to mentor you and help you to understand sort of some of these financial independence uh, principles who's been there before you, who has done that. You know, all of us that have had some success in life, we have made some disaster decisions where, you know, we've gone and we've lost a lot of money and we've been stupid. And so maybe through being mentored, you can successfully have uh, some ideas from an individual that will help you bypass some of that. But the other one is, is can you then model the behavior, set up the structure, set up the systems that will work for you? And, uh, you know, I'm not saying uh, not every uh, system, not every process works for every individual, but set up a structure for you. So I said, well, listen, I find it very, very difficult to save money. Well, then get an automatic deposit a discount or what do you want to call it off your paycheck into a protected fund and so that you never see those dollars so whatever it is that works for you or I've been to a seminar where they said you know what take that money out in cash that you are allowed to spend for fun and entertainment put it in a jar for the month and when that jar is empty, that's it for entertainment for the month because you're going to be disciplined and you're going to live within your means. So whatever way that works for you. Some individuals, if they really lack discipline, they've actually cut up their credit cards. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying that in some cases, if we have gotten addicted to this free credit and spending beyond our means, maybe it was going to require us cutting up our credit cards and only going with a debit card because uh, we're not going to spend beyond our means. You know, uh, now this one is more for those of us that have adult children. Now, in the Millionaire uh, Mindset, or uh, Millionaire Next Door book, pardon me, by Dr. Stanley, one of the things that he said that you don't want to do, especially in, uh, with younger adult children, is give them money. Because it, it sets up an entitlement. Uh, you know, why is it that only 10% of businesses make it to the third generation? Part of the reason is that the discipline, the structure, 
that's required to successfully run the business doesn't get passed down. People say, well, I've got this very, very successful business. And so they haven't necessarily got the experience to maintain that wealth, and they lose it all. There's all kinds of stories of where family members have taken over a business, and then it's gone a few years later because they really haven't been disciplined. Now, there's an exception to this. You know, Stan, Dr. Stanley talks about invest in your adult children's education. So if it's university, if it's trade school, if it's training, to make them better, then invest in that. But after that, don't really give them money. Help them to stand on their own. Now, that's not to say that later on we can't be generous with our kids. But one of the things, we want them to stand on their own. We want them to be able to learn on their own. And I know some adult parents who are struggling financially right now because they created a codependent relationship with their kids. And they were so um, uh, generous, almost to a naive level, as they kept giving into their own demise. So somebody needed some money, somebody needs some money, they gave the money, gave the money, gave the money, and now the parent actually is without it because their children have lost everything. So again, just be wise about that. The other one is to pass it on. You know, we talk about pay it forward. If you learn this discipline, if you develop the skills, if you have uh, created a financial independent sort of mindset and success, then please pass it on. Teach others. Help others to learn about money. There's now a movement because money is not talked about or taught properly in the educational systems around the world. And there's now some move around we're going to teach about money. And the reality is is most uh, individuals in education don't really have the experience to do it or understand. And they said, you know, just... uh, as Robert Kiyosaki says, Robert, or savers are losers. And I said, what? And so, yes, we want to save, but we want to invest. We want to put in something that's going to give us return that's beyond inflation. So teach others. Help others to learn about it. Pass it on. It keeps you sharp as well as part of the process. You know, I, and each time when we do a, a podcast, I know this one is a little bit different than some of the other ones. I just want to encourage you that there is a lot of freedom in financial independence. You know, if you wouldn't, if you don't have to worry about your income from this point on, then what would that mean to you emotionally? Could you be free to do what you want when you want at any given moment? And this is not from a greedy point of view. This is from a contribution point of view. This is from a highest level of service point of view. This is a highest level of fulfillment. There's some individuals listening to this show. You're doing a job that you hate right now because of the wage, and you know that if you, your fear is, is that if you quit, then I'm not going to have enough money to cover my bills so you stay in misery in a position that's really not serving you. And so take the steps, take the responsibility, uh, take and learn about all those things around monetary and financial independence that help you to realize your purpose, help you to realize all that you have to contribute to this world. You know, I thank you very much for listening each time that we do this. And and I know that this was a solo show, and we'll have some other great guests. I'll probably get some on, on around financial expertise in the future. But if you like what we're doing, I just thank you very much in advance for sharing it, pass it on to others as we build our community to be able to 
embrace all that life has to offer for you and the people that you serve and that really all of us deserve to live on purpose but we can't embrace that unless we live in an intentional life so you know look at any of the crg resources the tools that might be able to serve you in that way in all the best in managing your money you know i'm dr ken keys you've been listening to secrets of success podcast and thank you for listening thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us if you want to keep the momentum going log on to crgleader.com scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails you can also take your success to the next level by following us on facebook and twitter and connecting with ken on linkedin we hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the secrets of success podcast with dr ken keys